Well, it's another day, another the biggest game of the season for the Vancouver Canucks. You can see my mood has changed from yesterday's podcast because the sun came up this morning, the Canucks played tonight, and they are still alive in the playoff race for now. Quinn Hughes is on the precipice of a historical season. And of course, with Canucks game day is another Poonies predictions, the best bets for the Canucks versus the Wild. Stick around because you're going to make some money. I can almost guarantee it. Locked on Canucks starts now. You're locked on Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. I am Justin Pooney, once again, your host for Locked On Canucks. I want to thank you for tuning in to today, April 21st, a Thursday or a Friday junior episode of Locked On Canucks. Of course, you could find us on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to our channel. Please follow us on Twitter at Locked On Canucks. And also, I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. We, of course, are available wherever you get your podcasting services. And most importantly, we are free. For myself personally, you could find me at underscore process sports on Twitter. Well, it's another day, another Canucks game day. Today, it is in Minnesota, where the Canucks take on a Minnesota Wild team that has pretty much secured their position in the playoffs. They are a, going to be in the playoffs. They are going to be uh, one of the top two, one of, sorry, one of the top three seeds in the Central Division. It just depends on whether they're going to be second or they're going to be third, where they are going to take on the St. Louis Blues. The Wild have 48 wins this season. A very impressive season by the Minnesota Wild. Krill Kaprizov and the whole squad in Minnesota has improved. But if we slide back to the Canucks, they are still mathematically alive. They're still alive. They have 77 games, 87 points. Vegas last night, I was watching the third period of that game. I saw Alex Ovechkin beg goal number 50 on the season. His ninth 50-goal season. The only other players to do that, of course, Wayne Gretzky and the late, great Mike Bossy. And I thought, oh, Ovechkin's going to score. Best news possible. Hopefully the Caps can, you know, muster win regulation or maybe even hand Vegas an OTL loss, which would help mightily. Unfortunately, Vegas won in overtime. And they sit at 89 points with 78 games to play. So a win with the Canucks, why the Canucks said, would put them back in a tie with Vegas with the same games played. Of course, Vegas has more wins. Dallas sits at 91 points, four points up on Vancouver. They... Do play tonight. They play against the Calgary Flames, the first place team in the Pacific. LA is in action tonight. Another team the Canucks are chasing at 92 points with 78 games played, five points ahead of Vancouver. They take on, I believe they take on the Chicago Blackhawks. So, you know, the Canucks got to handle their business in Minnesota and also hope that LA catches a loss and Dallas catches a loss. Um, to maybe make things a bit better. But let's be realistic here. 
the Canucks playoff hopes are on life support right now. And if we're going to take a look at what transpired at morning skate uh, this morning in Minnesota, um, it looks like the lineup shakes down like this. Pod Colson, Miller, Garland, Dickinson, Pedersen, Besser, Highmore, Lamenko, Lockwood, Richardson, Patan, Dries, OEL, Myers, Hugh Shen, Hunt, Dermott, and Halak. Oh, sorry. That was a warm-up against the Senate. My apologies, guys. Wrong tweet. I have not seen the tweet yet from Canucks Morning Skate. But once I do get that, I will see that. Please disregard all of that I just said. But look, the Canucks playoff chances are on life support. And quite frankly, if they don't show up tonight again in Minnesota, they're going to be over completely. This team will be done, fried, barbecue toast, over. And... I don't know how to feel about it. As you guys know, if you listen to yesterday's um, episode, I was very distraught and very upset. And I woke up this morning kind of thinking, okay, well, we may still have a chance. Uh, maybe remain positive for everybody that wants to be uh, Mr. Positive. I can be, but I believe the biggest thing about this organization going forward is, and this is kind of the main theme of the organization today and for this episode really is what went wrong this year or what's gone wrong the last two years. You know, they came off that impressive run of the bubble and everybody thought, kind of thought that this, this organization was going to turn the page and we were going to, you know, see the good times start coming. The good times are going to get rolling and they haven't now. I mean, we could blame last year due to COVID, no fans. Uh, you know, the Canucks were one of the hardest hit team, if not the hardest hit team because of COVID-19 last year. Um, you know, they make the change. You know, they acquire OEL. You know, they bring in Garland. They bring in Dickinson. Um, and you thought, you know, this team, I know I should have thought this team had a chance. I, saw, I thought before this season started, the way the Canucks roster stacked up, is they had a chance to be, if not the second best team in the Pacific Division, but the third, 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 third best team in the Pacific, a playoff team for sure. And it wasn't far off, but what, which is what happened was, is just this organization for 10 plus years has had disconnect from all over. It's done, gone with the quick fix. Um, the quick fix, the, um, the, Boat is leaking or my tire is flat, but instead of getting the tire replaced, I'm just going to put a plug in it for the meantime and hope to keep on trekking and make it up the mountaintop. And unfortunately, as anything, as anybody could tell you in life, that's just something you can't do. You can't just plug in a plug a hole in without fully repairing it and expecting it to work fine. If you are. If you have a leak in your house and you put tape on it, yeah, it might stop it for a little bit, but eventually it's going to burst again because you have not stripped it down, re-drywalled it, re-puttied it, whatever you have to do to make sure and ensure that that seal will never break or won't break for a while. Sustainability. Sustainability is what makes elite businesses and elite companies last for longer. Why do you think McDonald's has been the best fast food place or the most visited fast food place for decades because they've built a sustainable business plan. The Canucks have not done that. The Canucks have gone from a team that 
had sustainable amount of success for other than two years from basically 2002 to 2012, 2013. You know, the Canucks during that stretch had sustainable amounts of success, consistently being in the playoffs, consistently winning division titles, consistently being a threat in the Western Conference. And after that whole Gillis era, the Burke era kind of died down, you've seen zero sustainability from this franchise. You saw them make a push in the playoffs, a push for the playoffs in 2015 and get absolutely waxed by the Calgary Flames. And then instead of stripping it down to just the foundation, stripping it back down to the studs and rebuilding it, they thought we're a 100-point team with aging veteran players. Let's just keep this thing going and see what will happen. We'll trade a Jared McCann for an Eric Goodbranson. We'll try to get a Brandon Sutter. We'll try to do this quick fix and that quick fix and just keep it going. Hopefully we'll learn on the fly when in all actuality, you can never go on the fly in anything in life. And coming up after the break, I just want to get a quick ad read in, but I'm going to come back to this right after um, and then touch on Quinn Hughes a little bit too, because he has to be touched on. But I, before I get to that again, I just want to say, give a quick shout out to Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every repair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com. Use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deals of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 five-star reviews. So going back to the Canucks and sustainability, there has been zero efforts to be a sustainable winning hockey club. And maybe that's the problem. And... It starts with ownership. Francesco Aquilini is a very successful businessman through real estate development and stuff like that. He has created a sustainable method to make a lot of money, which allowed him to purchase the Vancouver Canucks and own them for what seems like almost 15 years now. Sustainable business. You look at a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, they had Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. But when you have those guys, you are able to build a sustainable brand. You look at the Detroit Red Wings. They were able to find players through their scouting and drafting and development, acquire players, have a system of sustainability. The San Antonio Spurs, you had Tim Duncan, but you also had a system of sustainability. The New England Patriots, a system of sustainability. The Canucks don't have a system of sustainability. As I mentioned, you're trying to do the quick fix, the quick fix, the quick fix. 
Now, in doing so, the Canucks have acquired decent pillar pieces to build around, as I've mentioned on Nauseam, Demko's, the poor bats, all of these guys. You know who they are. Those guys can help you create a sustainable environment. But the thing is, you can have a Lamborghini or a great furniture collection or a great art collection or whatever and have not the right pieces around it to highlight it. Canucks don't have that. They don't have the right pieces to highlight their main attractions. And it's... I've been teetering on the fence a lot about rebuild, not to rebuild. What do the Canucks do from here? Where do they go? Where does this franchise go to reach... Which are, which? The way I see it is the Canucks are at a fork in the road. You go this way, and I mean, both roads could lead to the end goal. They could lead to the end road of the Stanley Cup. I don't know. One route, you take everything down, and you build it back up. You get rid of Miller. You get rid of Horvat. You get rid of everybody except Hughes, Pedersen, and Demko. Do that. I don't think they're going to go that route because now it would take a lot of cojones to do that, especially in a hockey craze market like Vancouver, to strip everything down and rebuild. But it's sometimes, to relate it back to construction again, sometimes when you have a house that might look great on the interior, they have a lot of structural problems. Sometimes, rather than going for the quick fix for the short term, you tear that thing down, you wait longer, but then you know that, hey, the, you know everything that's involved in it, right? You know when you buy a house, right? You get it inspected, you feel you're comfortable with it, but you don't really know everything about it because you didn't build it. Whereas if you build a home, you know everything from the foundation to the plants and up, and you expect it to look that type of way. And when you look at when Jim Rutherford came in, this is not his roster. This is not his team. This is not his house. He joined on, and it's going to be interesting to see, is he going to knock this house down and rebuild it to how he wants it, or is he going to renovate it to get to the same goal? Now, It could. Renovating could give them the same thing. Increase the price relating it to real estate. It could give them that big that big offer or that or in this case, the Stanley Cup. It could. It might most certainly could. But also tearing it down and rebuilding it might be the smarter way because it will take longer but you know that you're going to know everything about the house, or in this case, the franchise, as you go up. So it's like I said, I'm interested to see what everybody has to say. I think this franchise, because of the ownership, is not going to allow them to do the full on rebuild, tear it down, and rebuild it back up, especially after they kicked it so close to the playoffs. And look, they're still not mathematically eliminated, but let's be real, it's going to be a, it's going to be hard. And uh, I just, I don't see, um. I just don't see it happening, especially with the way Francesco is running this. He wants to make money. He knows if he goes into a full-on rebuild, he's going to lose 
concession, gate revenue, all that stuff, because nobody's going to want to watch. As I said, we're not a sports town or a hockey town. We're a Canucks town. Nobody's going to want to watch a rebuilding NHL franchise. Nobody's going to want to watch. The games will be empty. Nobody will want to come. But if you renovate it and you still push towards the playoffs, people will come. So that's my take on that, on just the sustainability and how the Canucks have failed to do so. But I want to talk about a guy who, quite frankly, has been sustainable and I think is not getting enough talk this year, and that's Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes is on the precipice of breaking the Canucks defense scoring record, which is kind of surprising because I thought he would have done it already by now, but he's not. Um, he's currently sitting at 50. Um, Hughes picked up two assists in the last game, which was 54th and 55th of the season. He's currently at 61 points. The record was set by Doug Lidster, who had 63 back in 1980. Seven. If Hughes and Hughes will break this record in only 75 games for a defenseman to get 60 plus points is a massive, massive achievement. And say what you will. I remember, remember. So when Quinn Hughes came in, it was him and Kale McCarr neck and neck, neck and neck all the way. I think it's to whether it's to Quinn Hughes's detriment that he plays with the Canucks or not. Kale McCarr has taken that step and he's now become um, an elite, one of the top defensemen in this game. Now, Quinn Hughes is one of the best offensive defensemen in the game, in my personal opinion. Um, not the best on the defense side, but he's still only 22 years old. And I just want to just talk about how, when you watch Quinn Hughes play, it's very smooth, very effortless, very... It doesn't look like he's trying at some times. It just looks like the game comes natural to him. There's no rush or I just don't see a rush or a panic in his game. And with any defenseman, especially with a puck moving defenseman that you need, every NHL team needs a guy who's able to go back to the defensive end, retrieve the puck, loop it back up and make a good outlet pass and or even skate it up. Quinn Hughes could do that. You know, growing up playing hockey, I played uh, offense. I will admit I was um, not the best in my defensive end. You know, I was a decent face-off man. I wouldn't block shots or anything like that because I wasn't trying to do that. Um, but um, I loved playing with defensemen that were able, just had that calmness about them, that were able to pick up the puck and move it up the ice to the forwards. And in a calm Man, it wasn't rushed. The pass wasn't bobbled. Or even skated up and find the open seam for the next player. Quinn Hughes has all that ability. And I just feel like we talk about the Adam Foxes, the Kale McCars, all these guys. But Quinn Hughes is just like that as well. His skate, and he's undersized too. He's a small guy. And I think, I remember the first time I saw Quinn Hughes play. I think it was um, the game he scored his first goal um, against LA or something like that. And I just remember seeing just how smooth and calm he was in person with the puck. Like, TV doesn't do it justice. Like, it just looks, he skates so effortlessly. It's just an effortless ability to skate around with the puck and make plays and, you know, quarterback that power play. And the Canucks have had a really good power play, uh, one of the best in the league over the second half of the season because when you have a guy like Quinn who's able to move the puck, dish the puck out, find open seams, play that quarterback role. You know, it, you need that. You look at when um, 
you know, Christian Eroff was with the Canucks. He was a power play quarterback. He was able to walk the line, pick the puck up. And the Canucks haven't had that since. Now that Quinn Hughes is here, he's that, and he's that times five, I would say, because he's only going to get better. He's going to get stronger. He's going to build into, grow into his man body. And he's going to get bigger, faster, stronger, and he's going to be entering his prime. And I will, you'll see him, I think, hopefully, just traject even better and better and better. And I just wanted to say that Quinn Hughes does deserve congratulations as he's going to break the all-time Canucks points record for a defenseman in the season. Two points away, he will do that in five games less than Doug Litzer did back in 1987. So congrats to Quinn Hughes. Um, the first of many, many defensive records he will break in a Canucks uniform. Um, but coming up after this last break, we're going to get into the picks for the Canucks and Minnesota Wild. But first, I want to talk about Bet Online. Speaking of betting, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, the Canucks game starts at 5 p.m. East uh, Pacific Time. Eastern Pacific Standard Time on the beautiful West Coast. And if we look at the lines right now, the Canucks are currently sitting at plus one and a half, about plus 155 on the money line. Over under set at six. And I think, yes, yes, those are the main lines. So tonight, I'm going to go with the Canucks plus 150. I think they lose this game in a close-fought game. Um, potentially overtime or shootout once again, but I see the Canucks losing this. I'm going to I mean, you know, I'm gonna go the under again because they've gone over the last couple of games, so it's going to be under. It's going to be a 3-2 game. Um, it's going to be a, slug, a sloggy, boring game in Minnesota. Um, and I think um, a guy like Ryan Hartman or Kapril, Kirill Kaprizov will score uh, for Minnesota. So take those guys. Uh, as for Vancouver, give me a Pedersen goal and give me give me a Quinn Hughes goal. Yeah, I think Quinn Hughes gets a power play goal tonight. So give me Pedersen and Hughes goals for the Canucks, Kaprizov and Hartman goal scores for the Wild, and give me the Canucks plus 1.5 but to lose 3-2 in Minnesota, ending the playoff dreams. That is where I'm going. It's hard for me to admit, but I think after the loss on against Ottawa, this season is done, and it's kind of popped the balloon, per se, of this Canucks team and this franchise, and they're just going to play out the string for the rest of the five, uh, four games remaining after this and go from there. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. Tomorrow's episode, well, it's Friday, which means the weekend is here, which I cannot wait for. And I'm sure you guys cannot wait for. We will break down the Canucks game in Minnesota, potentially a win in the playoff implications, or we put a eulogy on this season and what it means for the Vancouver Canucks. 
and we'll give some bets for Saturday's game against Calgary and preview Saturday's game against Calgary. But now I want to make your you guys to make your second listen of the day locked on fantasy hockey. Host Steel Rodin and Philip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, take care.